Hey friends, welcome to the Intuitive Mother Podcast, the podcast created to help you awaken, heal, and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach and Reiki healer, creator of The Awoken Woman and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as if we are on my sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. Hey friends, welcome back to the Intuitive Mother Podcast. This week is a special guest episode and we have with us Emma Jensen, who is a human design guide and expert. And we have a conversation about understanding human design and how it can enhance motherhood and your family's connection. I am so excited for Emma to share her depth of knowledge of human design, but even more so her passion for human design and the permission it gives you to be you. So let me tell you a little bit about Emma. Emma grew up in the corporate and government worlds. Never knowing what she wanted to do, she followed in her dad's footsteps and went into law enforcement. After a short stint, she went into the corporate world and recently transitioned into working for herself, pivoting completely. She has worked for some big companies, the United States Secret Service, Nike, and Apple, but always felt like her impact was meant to be more meaningful and bigger than what she was doing. It was through her personal development journey that she found her way to her current calling, animal communication and healing, and human design. Now she lives within her human design and creates the impact that she has been longing for all those years. She works with individuals, coaches, and groups in human design where understanding your and your partners, colleagues, family, and friends blueprint sets you free from the box and chains of conditioning and brings compassion to yourself as well as those around you. This is the work she was put on this earth to do, and she loves every second of it. As you can tell from her story and how I shared with you that I cannot wait for you to hear her passion for human design, this is truly what she loves doing, and what she is here to do. It was in a couple of our one-on-one phone calls that I realized how important understanding human design would play into motherhood for all of us, for our children to understand themselves, but also for the mother to understand her child and the child to understand her mother and the mother and the father and all the things. So you can see that this is such a big game changer for relationships. 
and I could not wait to have her back here after a podcast episode we did last year on animal communication and healing to share with you this love of hers, human design. Before we get started today, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you for tuning in week after week and listening to these episodes that are truly from my heart and a huge part of what I am excited to do every week when I pop on here, record like we're sitting next to each other in my living room and just sharing sacred space. What I often forget to do because I'm so excited to just share with you is ask for this favor for you to leave a review if the podcast has touched your life in some way, shape, or form. All you have to do is take a few seconds, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast, and click five stars, of course, and leave a simple review for everyone to see who is searching for a new podcast, looking for inspiration, and so on. Your support means the world to me, and you taking the time for that review touches my heart dearly, and I take the time to read all of them, and truly, you impact me when you leave a review. This podcast is something I do on the side for fun as I have navigated growing into what my business is offering, and it is the consistent week after week sharing of my heart to all of you. So I thank you. If you feel so inclined, I would be so blessed by your review because each and every one of those reviews helps this little podcast get found by more and more moms who need this sacred space of compassion, love, truth, and all the things uh, that go into motherhood. So thank you again, and here she is. All right, friends, thank you for joining us at the Intuitive Mother podcast this week. We have a special guest, Emma Jensen from Oregon. She is my go-to for any time um, I have a question about human design, which is why I wanted to bring her on here with us this week and share all of her knowledge, which is a lot about human design, what it is, and then pull it into how human design can really help us moms be better moms in the way of showing up and understanding our children and their design and our designs better so that we can all be happier at home together. So Emma, I'll turn it over to you. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to human design and what exactly it is for our listeners who don't know. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. And if we are here to share all of my knowledge, buckle up because we're going to be here for a few hours. <laughs> so I, I live in Oregon. Like you said, I live in central Oregon and I 
from a human design standpoint, I'm a projector. I, my profile is a six, two, and I have emotional authority, meaning that I have an emotional wave all the time and how I make decisions and how I found human. It really found me. Hmm. So it's actually really, well, I, I get, I mean, you know, divine timing and all the things. And I had started a new job. I was starting to get into personal development. And when I got into personal development, I like dove in. I had four coaches at one time and a full-time job and a projector. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how did I do it? Like, no wonder I was burnt out and like exhausted all the time. And yet that was like, that's how I needed to do it in order to like really come to terms with who I am. And especially like projectors, I love us so much. And yet we can be one of the most difficult (laughs) types because we're so, uh, because we see things so clearly, which I'm sure we'll get into all this, but because we see things so clearly, we tend to always think that we're right. And so when people are, are pointing out, uh, maybe where we're out of alignment, we're like, well, who are you? You don't know anything. I'm right. You're wrong. And we like almost ground in even more instead of being open to like, oh, maybe, maybe I am out of alignment. Like, let's look at that and get really curious about it. So once I was finally in that space of really wanting to understand, I dove all the way in. And one of my coaches was getting into this at the time and was sharing it with me as she was learning it, which was awesome. And at the same time, if you have looked into human design, if you looked at your chart, it's kind of complicated and complex. And depending on where you're looking at the information, it can be very dense and kind of difficult to understand. And so she was trying to explain this kind of weird system, but in a way that didn't really make sense at the time. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like, okay, kind of, and kind of, I think this is crazy. And it wasn't for the, but it, enough to make me curious about it. Cause I'm like, Oh, that, it, that, like that does really resonate. And so it was just like, that was the, the opening for me to start to dive into it and for it to really start showing up everywhere, like on a podcast I was listening to, and then all these different things. And so I was the person that was then doing that to other people. I'm like, Oh my gosh, do you know, your human, human design, even though I had very little like knowledge of it at the time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're a manifesting generator. Then this is like true for you. And I'd be like, Oh, there's a way like you can figure this out, but I don't remember what it is. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. Like I was just spewing things all over people, which God bless my friends back then because they were so understanding about it. But that's really how I, that's how I found it. That's how I got into it. And so what is human design? Human design is the blueprint of who you are. It tells you who you are at your core, your authenticity, and what is true for you and likely what resonates underneath all the layers of conditioning. So as a kid, we start our life and we are the most truest form of who we are until things start happening and we start putting oh, I should do it this way. Oh, this shouldn't, like, I shouldn't do this. Or I'm supposed to show up in this way. And we start getting all these layers of how we're supposed to be in the world versus what feels best to us in the world. Mm -hmm. And so human design really brings this back to our core of like, well, this resonates for you for a reason. And so how can we get you to come back to that and decondition to a place where you can fully embody and ground into who you are and let go of the shoulds and supposed tos because those aren't serving you. And if we're living a life of shoulds and supposed tos, likely, regardless of our type, we are exhausted, depleted, and don't like, don't feel good. Mm -hmm. 
So human design pulls in lots of different modalities. It pulls in the chakra system. It pulls in astrology. It pulls in the I Ching. It pulls in quantum physics. It pulls in, I think I said astrology already. (laughs) It pulls in the Kabbalah. It pulls in genetics. Like it pulls in all these different things to create this chart and which again can look really complex and complicated because mm-hmm. there's colors and there's shapes and there's these weird words and what do the words mean and what do all these numbers mean? Right. And then once you're able to have them broken down, it's literally a treasure trove of who you are. It is the most fun to get to talk to people and see the light bulbs go off and be like, oh my gosh, like you're explaining me, like you're telling me who I am. And I'm like, I know. And they're like, but you just met me. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like this is who you are and how you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just here to give you the permission and validation to be that person. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love the most about human design is that it's so tangible because it's like, right. It's like a chart you can, you can literally hold. And so it makes it a lot easier for us to give ourselves the permission and validation to be the person versus if there wasn't anything to look at, there wasn't anything to point to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us can think of different coaches that we've had or, or mentors or whomever that have given us advice or told us to do something. And we're like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really believe it. Or I don't, I don't know if I can do it or whatever, because there's nothing to point to to say like, oh no, this is true for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas human design, you can point to it and be like, oh no, this is true for me. Like, oh, I'm a generator. Like I am meant to do the things I love and I have to follow this response in my body. Like, mm-hmm. okay, got it. Like I, I understand that. And like, now I can start to build the trust muscle to really follow that. Right. Right. So human design is just like, it's this beautiful tool that we get to use. <laughs> it is. I love it. And I love, you're so passionate about it. And I know we've talked about this before, but what I have come to really respect and love about human design is that it's preconditioning versus yeah. there are a lot of various quizzes and um, systems out there as to like, this is who you are, you know, whether it's uh, Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or whatnot. And they're all wonderful and they gain, give you such great insight. But a lot of how you show up is shifted based on your conditioning as a child and as you've grown up. And I mean, I've noticed that even with some of them, I've retaken the test like three years later and I'm no longer what I was. <laughs> and so what I love about human design, it's this is who I am. I am, you know, a generator. I, this is my profile. And then it's really just learning the entities of like all the essence of my human design. And then as I started to lean in on that with my daughters and my family, it was like, oh, well, if I can learn what they are and they can learn it, it's like an easy tool for them, both of us to understand ourselves and each other better as a family. So I love that you're passionate about it. I've told you many, many times that I've had it explained to me by a couple of women who have deep dove into human design and the way you have explained it has always been an open door for me to really let it resonate and understand myself better. Like it wasn't, it was just said in the simplest terms that made sense. And, you know, there were, I've taken many notes when you've left me a message and it's been like, are you feeling your sparkly self? Yep. Nope. Not feeling sparkly. <laughs> what, what do I have to do to get back to being sparkly? But um, you're really 
the passion, like I could tell that it's there and it's just always so great to hear it in your words because it helps me to understand it, which is why I knew everybody had to know about it. And everybody has a, I feel really strongly that every mother, every parent should have it as a tool and a guidance system, not only for themselves, but for their children as they get older to have it for themselves so that they're then able to step in and step up and say, this is who I am. And now I know why I feel like this. And maybe my friends are saying I'm crazy, but it's who I am. Like it makes sense and it makes them, it gives them the permission to be who they are. So I love that about you. I was wondering if you could explain just the, the various designs yeah. briefly, like tell, tell the listeners what ones there are. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much. Like you just saying that the way I explain it was so helpful for you means so much mm-hmm. because I mean, even just from my, my story, like I was there too. Like people were explaining right. it to me and I'm like, I don't get it. And yet I'm still really drawn to it. Cause it feels like there's something here mm-hmm. and I've had, I have quite a few books on it and a lot of, some of them are great. And some of them I'm like, I don't know, like this still, this still, like, why are you writing it in this way? Like mm-hmm. this, this doesn't make it super easy for people to grab hold of it and to implement it. And so that's like what I really want to do for people is to be able to break it down and to make it actionable. Cause mm-hmm. I've also had plenty of readings where they explained me and yet I left it feeling like defeated and broken down. Cause I'm like, yeah, they just, they just explained me. And I feel so far away from that person and I don't know what to do. Right. Like, right. Okay. So I know who I'm quote unquote supposed to be, but I don't know how to get there. I've, and, and, and so that's to me so important is to mm-hmm. explain it in a way that is helpful for people, but also go through it and explain it and, and walk through things in a way that makes it actionable for people to step into and not just be like, well, this is who you are. Okay. Bye. It's like, okay, this is who you're meant to be. Now, how can we like start to walk towards that even more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before I get into the types, um, I love the thing that you said about the kids because the, the guy who channeled this, he released it to the public for the unborn, for the kids. So that they could be grown, they could be raised in a way that didn't put all these different layers of conditioning on them because the parents would understand who they are at their core and be able to parent, be able to guide them in that way instead of just who we are and just expecting everybody to be like us. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love love that too. I did not know that. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So within human design, because astrology is part of it, and I like thousand percent agree with like taking quizzes and stuff because I've taken the Enneagram quiz two or three times, like within a month or two of each other. And I always get something different. I'm like, okay, this is why I don't want to take a quiz because it depends on who I am and who I'm around. And like, I can see it within my chart of why like mm-hmm. this happens, but I'm like, I, I'm a different person. It just depends. Right. Like this isn't helpful for me right now. And so what I love about human design is that, excuse me, it takes your birth date, your birth time, and your time needs to be as accurate as possible because again, it's astrology. So it's where all the planets were when you were born and 
depending on where planets were, I've seen 10 minutes change parts of a chart. So you want it to be mm. as exact as possible. Mm-hmm. And then your birthplace. And so that information is what creates your chart. So there's no okay. quiz. Yes. It's not going to change. <laughs> it is what it is. And so that you just need those pieces of information in order to take in. So once you once you do that and you can run your chart at a place like Jovian Archive, Genetic Matrix, My Body Graph, um, my human design, like there's, okay. you can just Google to like human design chart or like get, get chart or something. Um, okay. and, and they'll come up. So once you run your chart, you'll see, and, and they all look slightly different. So it just kind of depends where you run your chart, but you'll see something that says type or energy type. And that's where we really have to start. That's mm-hmm. where we really build the foundation. So if you just decide like, well, no, I don't really care about the information in the box or whatever. I just want to dive into the body graph, like all the shapes and numbers. Cause that looks like really interesting and whatever <laughs> you're, you're not going to fall into your design if you went the other way around. So if you only focus on the information in the box and learned about your energy type, your strategy, your not self theme, your, your, uh, inner authority, everything else kind of falls into place naturally. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go the other way around. So energy type is really what we're talking about. And within energy type, there's what's called strategy, not self-theme and signature are all tied to energy type. So every projector will have the same strategy, the same not self-theme and the same um, signature. Same thing goes for a generator or whatever. Mm -hmm. Everything else can change, but those things will always be tied to type. So once we start walking through the types, we can start at manifestors. There's five types. Manifestors make up about eight to nine percent of the population. And they're here, they're the only type that can truly initiate. The rest of us need to wait for something to happen. And I'll kind of talk about that as we go along. Where manifestors, the only thing they have to really wait for is an urge. So manifestors have these urges that come through and with the urge comes all the, all the energy to do the thing or to follow the thing or to go to wherever it's telling you to go, to create, to do whatever. Okay. And so it's allowing yourself to follow these urges and then allowing yourself to rest on the other side because the urge, you're here to get things started. You're here to blaze the trail. You're not here to finish things. So likely when the energy fades, you're telling yourself like, what's wrong with me? Why am I no longer excited or energized or interested in this thing? And then you force yourself and you push yourself to finish it. Well, you're not necessarily here to finish everything. So you're here to get things started for the rest of us. So once that energy fades, that's an indicator that whatever the thing you're engaging in, you're coming to an end of whatever you're here to do with it. And when that energy is gone, it's time to rest. So it doesn't mean you can't have a, you know, a quote unquote traditional job, but the way that you're going to show up to it is going to be a little bit different. And so it's really allowing yourself to follow these urges and allowing yourself to rest when you don't have them, because if you're pushing through them, you're not allowing the next urge to come through. And this is how Mm -hmm. you're meant to go along your life and your path is to follow these urges. Okay. And your strategy manifestors is to inform So when you get this urge to do something, then it's your job to inform whoever it's going to impact that you're going to do the thing. It's not asking for permission. It's not like not saying anything. It's just simply stating something and then doing it. 
because manifestors have the biggest energy of all of us, of all the types. Mm-hmm. And this can be very destabilizing for the rest of the type. <laughs> and so we try to put them in a box and we try to control them. And so they, a lot of their biggest conditioning is people pleasing, is shrinking themselves to make other people feel more comfortable. And so instead of, instead of saying, instead of stating something, they've been told that they need to ask for permission, but that's not going to create flow for them. And so they've realized, I'm just not going to say anything. But that doesn't create flow either. But that's just easier, quote unquote, easier for them than to just state and then go do it. And they're not self-theme. So I'm really condensing these. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's still a bullet points because otherwise we'll be here for a really long time. They're not self-theme is a signpost that says, hey, you're out of alignment. You're out of design. Take a step back and see where you're maybe pushing or you're forcing or whatever. And for manifestors, anger. And anger can also be irritation. It can be rebelliousness, it can be passivity, and it can be accommodation. These are all the things that we have to take note of to see, okay, I'm I'm trying to be something I'm not. Maybe I'm living a should, I'm supposed to, or whatever. And their signature is a signpost that says, hey, you're in alignment, you're in design. Congratulations, keep going. And for a manifester, that is peace. So this like inner feeling of peace. Okay, generators make up about 35% of the population and generators and manifesting generators, which will be the next type we talk about are the only two types that have the ability to have and to create sustainable energy. So just because you have the ability to doesn't mean you are automatically have it. (laughs) So it's knowing that you have the capacity for this, depending on what you're engaging in. So if you're engaging in things that you love and that light you up, you can do it for hours without getting tired. But if you're engaging in something that you don't really like and you don't love, but you feel like you're should or you're supposed to, or a good mom, a good whatever would, then you're likely find yourself depleted and exhausted and and not feeling good. Gotcha. And so generators, the the best thing that you you can do for yourself is to understand how your body says yes and no. So you have a visceral response that says yes or no. It can be a feeling. It can be noises. So how it naturally can show up for kids is uh uh-huh or uh -uh. Mm uh-uh. And it can also be movement. So it can be that you nod or shake your head. You move towards something. You move away from something. It's whatever. And noises can, or sound can also just be like noises or yes or no. Like it can be anything. But understanding how you say yes or no is how you follow along your path, how you walk down things. You have to follow what your quote unquote gut is telling you to do. Your strategy is to respond. So again, you're responding to the things outside of you with this visceral response that tells you yes or no. Mm -hmm. And you can almost think of this if you have a pendulum and you've used a pendulum before as your internal pendulum. So understanding that your pendulum can only say yes or no. It can't say anything else. So allowing your body to tell you yes or no and setting it up for success in whatever way that looks like so that you can get a yes or no response to the thing. And that's so where the manifestor can can initiate, generators have to wait for this response because a yes response gives you the energy to do the thing. A no response is going to take the energy away from you because the universe is trying to gift you with a burnout to tell you this thing is not for you. Stop it. Stop it now. (laughs) And we basically take that as a challenge of like, oh, 
I guess I need to try harder. I guess I need to push harder. I need, I need to force this even more. And the universe is like, you know, face palming, <laughs> like, no, stop. Like, okay. Right. Like, what, now, how do I need to escalate this to like, really get it through your mind? This isn't for you. Right. Nope. You're talking to me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I'm a generator and I'm like, oh yes, yes. Burnout, frustration of just like, ah, like how much more can I push? But right. No, like I'm not supposed to push. It's supposed to, I'm supposed to respond, not push through. Yeah. None of us are meant to push. Mm-hmm. So I just like want everybody to hear that. We're not meant to push. <laughs> it's meant like, the strategy. It's we're meant to have ease and flow. So it's deconditioning from the society that we live in, which we are moving into a new karmic cycle from a human design perspective. The one we're currently in is all about forcing and pushing and grabbing like, oh, if I want something, then somebody else has to lose. So I'm going to make sure I get it so that they can't have it. And we're moving into this new karmic cycle in 2027. So we're in this transition period of co-creation of abundance of, oh, if I want something, you can have it too. There's enough for all of us. So we're going through this kind of change, Mm -hmm. which is learning. We don't have to force. Mm -hmm. There's enough for everybody. What's a no for me is a yes for somebody else. So allow them to have their yes and save yourself from having to do it. Right. right. Because it's not for you. So Mm -hmm. stop it. (laughs) Stop it. And so the not self theme for a generator is frustration, like you just said. And frustration can also show up as feeling uninspired, feeling blah about life, feeling dull because dear, dear generators, you're meant to be sparkly. So if you don't feel sparkly, then you're doing something that's against what you're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so it, it can also be a frustration of energy, like this pent up energy or this buzzing that like just doesn't really feel good. And your signature is satisfaction. So it's that feeling of being satisfied. When that happens, allow yourself to take the step back and say, how did I get here? Because I want to do more of that. Right. And then a manifesting generator is also 35% of the population. So 70% of the population has the ability to have sustainable energy. So the rest of us, the 30% of us are kind of like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, I guess I have to, I have to keep up. I have to when we're not meant to, but manifesting generators, everything that you are a mixture of a manifester and a generator. So everything I just said about manifestors and everything I said about generators is true for you. Also, you can be more of a manifester manifesting generator or more of a generator manifesting generator. And I'll tell you, and if you don't get it, that's understandable, but it's if your uh, sacral center within your body graph is connected to your throat, that means that you are more of a manifester, manifesting generator. And if it's not, then you're more of a generator, manifesting generator. Okay. But the one big difference with a manifesting generator is that <laughs> you guys have what I call shiny object or squirrel syndrome, where <laughs> you're interested in lots and lots of different things. And your interest level for them can be hours, days, weeks, months, years, forever. It just really depends. And so for you, it's really getting in touch with how interested am I in this thing right now? Do I still want to do it? Because you're also going to have some of that manifester where you're not going to finish things always. So it's allowing yourself to understand how excited and interested you're in some, you are about something. And when it's gone, 
giving yourself permission to leave. Mm-hmm. And you, this is where you can engage your sacral and this like visceral response that says yes. And if it says yes, then you'll have the energy to do it. If it says no, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And so for manifesting generators, you're not self, well, your strategy is both. So you have all of these inputs. You have both the manifester and the generator. So when you have the urges, you're meant to inform. And when you like are, when you respond to something, you need something to respond to in order to have that sustainable energy to do it. On your not self theme side, you're going to experience both anger and everything to do with anger and frustration, everything to do with frustration. And the same thing goes with signature, both peace and satisfaction. Okay. So on to projectors, which are my favorite because <laughs> I'm one, so I'm biased, uh, but project and because we're just like, so misunderstood mm-hmm. by ourselves and others. Uh, but projectors are 20% of the population. So for us, like I said, we don't have the ability to have sustainable energy and we're also very sensitive. So we tend to take things very personally when they are not meant to be personal. So for us just to understand, this isn't for everybody else to understand about us. Like, yes, that is helpful. But for us to understand so that when we feel triggered by something, we can remind ourselves like, okay, wait, Mm-hmm. let me take a step back from this comment or this thing and see, was it really meant in, in, in this like mean way, or was it just a comment mm-hmm. that maybe I would have made to somebody, but I'm taking it very personally because of who I am. Mm-hmm. And the thing about projectors is that we're here to guide others. We're not here to do as much because again, we don't have the ability to have sustainable energy. We're here to guide we're, we're, we see so clearly into others that for us, it's so obvious what everybody needs to do, which is why we get into this, like, I'm right. So why can't everybody just see that? (laughs) But we see so clearly. And so our strategy is to wait for the invitation. Mm -hmm. And this was the thing that like grabbed me and hooked me when, when I heard it the first time, because I was like, wait, what? This explains so much. So because we see people so clearly and we see what needs to be done and it's so obvious, we tend to freely share this advice and guidance and feedback with others without them actually asking for it. Mm-hmm. So when we do this, we get to, we tend to be called smarty pants or bossy or know-it-all or people just get upset by what we say and we're right. like, wait, why are you upset by the truth? Like this doesn't make any sense. But also... It can be that people don't hear us. And I've had this happen to me too, where somebody's come back. They're like, oh, so-and-so gave me the best advice. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I gave you that advice two <laughs> weeks ago. And they're like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, I can literally tell you everything about that day and what we were doing and all the things. And when I gave you this advice, they're like, oh, I guess I just didn't hear you. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> this is what happens when we don't wait for the invitation. So we mm-hmm. need to wait longer than, than a generator or MG would need to wait, but we have to wait for somebody to actually invite us in. So if you're like chomping at the bit, cause nobody's asking for your advice or for you to share your thoughts or whatever, you can ask and say, Hey, do you mind if I share? But with also the understanding that that might not be taken as well as if somebody would have just invited you mm-hmm. without you asking yourself. So invitations can be people following you on social media. 
Invitations can be somebody calling you, emailing you, signing up for your stuff. It can be somebody just even like if you were to, um, if you have a daughter who's a projector and she walks into your room and you energetically can just tell that she needs help, like that can also be an invitation. So it's, it's just understanding what invitations can look like. But the most important thing is that the person that's inviting has the intent and the recognition of the, of the, the genius that the projector has. So it's not somebody asking for your advice because they feel like they're supposed to, or they should, they're asking to hear it because they know that what you have to say is very valuable to them. Mm-hmm. That what you have is, is, is genius because projectors, they have genius. We all have genius, but they see things so clearly. It's just magic. It, this is, it makes so much sense. Um, like, you know, my oldest is a projector. And as you're saying this, I'm laughing because she walked in. I was, I was on like the struggle bus yesterday and I'm sitting here and she walks in and she's like slamming with you do this and it just kept going and going. And I was like, I need, like, I need to sit here and it's okay if I want to sit here and cry, like, please let, I need to be alone (laughs) because it was, and I think what's funny is I went downstairs and I'm out talking to my husband out back. And I was like, Caroline was being really bossy about, about this. And he was like, I think she's just trying to be supportive. And I was like, well, it felt really bossy. And, um, and then also what I could see is as a projector, there are times where she enters the room and I know that she needs like she can like I know that there's something about her energy that she needs support and guidance or vice versa and I would say we've gotten better at reading that off of each other but um yeah we've definitely had many of conversations where I'm like that was sort of bossy like why does she think she knows everything I mean, when when I learned human design, I was like, oh, she really is like that is just who she is. And she sees it. You know, Mm -hmm. she was saying things to me yesterday, like, no, I refuse to let you believe that because I see it for you differently. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's awfully not like that's not really bossy, but that was more like in your face, like snap out of it. And I think like sometimes I need I also like, I need that space to be like, well, let me just process through this on my own. But man, she's like hitting right up in my face about how she sees it. Totally. Well, two things too, just like looking at your guys' chart, since I have the privilege of having them, Yeah. (laughs) your definition, your triple split, meaning Mm -hmm. that you need a lot of time to process things before you can like move forward. So it makes sense that you're like, wait, I just need to sit with this. Like you just hit me with a lot of stuff. I need to sit with this. I need to process it and then and digest and then I can move forward. Mm-hmm. And on her side, she has gate 39, which is provoking with consciousness, which I also have this. So it's like a double whammy with a projector <laughs> because they can see you so clearly. And when you have this gate that you tend to uh, push people's buttons or provoke or like bring things up in a way that's maybe not super uh, comfortable Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times people need to have that contrast in order to see change needs to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And so we can use anything within human design for good or for bad. And so for those of us who have gate 39, uh, we can use it for bad of just like provoking people all the time without having that good intent behind it. Or we can use it for good and trying to help people see potentially the change that needs to happen in their life. Mm, I love that. I really so, love that. And I saw that play out in the last yeah. couple of months between us where I used to take what she would say and almost feel like it was an attack mm-hmm. on me. And then when she, as she matured, I think also like she presented things differently, but also I was willing to look at her differently and let her guide that conversation. And there was some real growth in our relationship. The minute I let down and recognized that she was offering an opportunity for us to grow yeah. to together or deeper or to even break some generational patterns that had come along with our family, but that I had been previously too busy to, or even too protective of myself and looking at her as a button pusher. Like, why do you just keep throwing this like back in my face? I'm doing my best. And, but when we allow them when we allowed to accept like this is they're coming in and it could help us grow versus it's an attack yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Totally. No, I love and that. For her, and for her to understand that in order for her guidance to truly land for people, that there has to be this, this opening and this invitation in some capacity mm-hmm. so that what she's saying actually will have the effect that she wants it to have. Mm-hmm. And for projectors, it's massive for us to detach from our guidance and stuff too. We can't, although we might, we might like to try, we can't control what people do. Mm-hmm. We can't control what they do and how they use it. Okay. okay. So the not self theme of a projector is bitterness. <laughs> so good. And how it can also show up is, is again, like I'm right. You're wrong. Why can't you see that I'm right? Why can't mm-hmm. you understand that? what you're doing is dumb or is wrong. Like what you're doing, why can't you see how wrong you are? Mm-hmm. It can be very, <laughs> it's very external. We, we rarely turn it in on ourselves or everybody else can turn theirs in on, on themselves. We rarely turn around and be like, oh yeah, I'm really bitter at myself for this. We're like, mm-hmm. no, yeah, I, they should know what they did and why I'm, <laughs> why I'm upset with them. It's, it's always like they should know. Mm-hmm. And then the signature for a projector is success. So it's, again, usually this external validation of success. And so it can be really important for a projector to define what success means to them. Okay. I know this is like, I feel like this is taking a really long time. So apologies. No, no. It's all good. Okay. So the last one, reflectors. Reflectors are only about 1% of the population. And they are truly special. So reflectors are literally meant to be in the middle of a tribe or a community because they really reflect how we're doing as a community, as a collective. So if you look at a reflector's body graph, all of their shapes, all of their centers are white. And anywhere that we have white within our chart are the places where we're going to take in the outside world and amplify it. So they have this beautiful, pure ability to literally be in somebody else's shoes. Mm -hmm. to really understand and feel the environment and the people that they're with and whether it's good or it's not so great. But the things that reflectors struggle with the most is being seen as themselves 
being mm-hmm. known for who they are and not who they're reflecting. So they have this beautiful ability to help the rest of us really like guide through and understand ourselves and see where we need to make change and all the different things. But then they tend to feel lost because mm-hmm. they don't, people don't see them for who they are because they just get seen for who, again, who they're reflecting. So reflectors, if they are pulling away from a community or a tribe or whatever, and they aren't, they aren't thriving, they're not vibrant, that's a really good indicator that that environment, that tribe is not doing well. Hmm. If they are in, did I say pulling away? I said pulling away, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they're in the middle of the tribe, if they're participating, if they have, if they're vibrant, if they are excited and all the things, then that's an indicator that we're doing really well as a tribe. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't know so, any reflectors, but that's interesting. <laughs> they're they're beautiful people. Yeah. And they, they tend to not always understand the magic that they hold within themselves. They have this beautiful, like deep capacity for wisdom because of their ability to really understand the, the people, the environment, the, the situation that they're in. So for, for, uh, reflectors, they're much more lunar beings than they are solar. So because the rest of us have defined or colored in centers within our chart, that makes us solar. That's where the sun is shining on our chart. Because they're all white, they are moon. They are lunar. And so those reflectors tend to really... Um, uh, uh, what Associate, that's not the word I'm looking for, but they tend to really understand the, the moon and they really like feel right. right. Whatever the right connected. Yeah. 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 So if you're a reflector, I highly recommend really starting to follow the lunar cycles because that's how you're going to go about making your decisions. Your strategy is really how you go about making decisions and it's Hmm. going through a lunar cycle and during that time, really going out and speaking with people and researching and, and finding clarity as you go through the cycle. And the not self theme for a reflector is disappointment. And disappointment can also be like low levels of depression. It can be pulling away from the tribe. It can be just like feeling dull in the way that like things aren't playful, things aren't fun, things aren't, there's no variety. Mm-hmm. And your signature is surprise and delight. So it's having this variety. It's just like always being surprised by what the day brings because it depends on who you're with and where you're at about what's going to happen for you and how you're going to experience the day. So those are the five types. I know that was a little bit more in depth than- No, no, but I think sometimes you need that. You need to hear and understand it a little better. That was excellent. I mean, and every time I hear you, I learn something. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, or I'm reminded like I heard it, but this time I really hear it. Um, I love that. I love how in-depth it is. And I think any of our listeners can probably tell that knowing your design and knowing your child's design, especially I work, um, you know, I have two teenage daughters. I would say my focus is like that bond in a mother-daughter relationship and then the bond in the family. But the insight of using human design as a tool in motherhood. And I was curious, like how, 
maybe some of the key ways that you feel human design can be implemented into motherhood and like the key ways it shows up like, oh, this is the frustration of the argument that we always have going back and forth. And I know there's a lot of designs, like the, the five, so it could really depend on what your designs are. And if you want examples, like I'm a generator, I have one daughter, a manifesting generator, and one a projector. Yeah. So, so good. I mean, it, it, for me, it's always going to come back to understanding who you're speaking to. This is also, I tell my clients this all the time, I wish we could walk around with our charts, like on our jacket or a sleeve, <laughs> so we could be like, oh, who are you? Like, how do I show up for you? Um Unfortunately, we're not there. However, understanding who you're talking to or who you're raising, who's in your house so that you can best show up for them in the way that they need and Mm -hmm. vice versa. The thing that I love about human design is that it not only gives you understanding and compassion for yourself, but it does for others too, because Mm -hmm. you stop expecting what works for you to work for everybody else. Because as a generator, who you are isn't necessarily going to resonate with either one of your kids. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. you're, a, even though one's a manifesting generator, there's still very big difference, right? Mm-hmm. So if I just take you guys as a as an example, the way that you show up for your MG is going to be different because so the best thing that you can do for a generator and MG is ask them yes, no, this or that multiple choice type of questions because that's going to elicit the yes, no response. Mm-hmm. So I think your husband's a generator too. He is a, of, he's a manifesting generator, MG, just like our okay. daughter. So two MGs. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can think about having the, like, what do you want for dinner conversation? That's a mm-hmm. very frustrating conversation to have with a generator or an MG when the question is, what do you want for dinner? Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing there for them to answer or to respond to. The, the Likely the conversation goes like this. What do you want for dinner? I don't care. <laughs> Okay. Let's have pizza. I don't want pizza. Okay. Let's have burgers. I don't want burgers. Well, obviously you do care. So what do you want for dinner? I, I don't know. You're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> right? This just happened the other night. And it's like, I even know this. And I was like, could somebody please give me guidance? Like, what do you want? Yeah. But then I'm assuming what you're going to, you keep going. Cause I bet what you're going to say is what happened. <laughs> yeah. So if we just look at that conversation by itself, what do you want for dinner? There's nothing to respond to there, right? It's an mm-hmm. open-ended question. As soon as, because it doesn't always have to be questions. As soon as, as soon as you said, let's have pizza, which is a statement, there's something there to respond to. And it's a no, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's have burgers. There's something to respond to there. No. So it's giving options. So you can do this in lots of different ways. It's either, you know, do you want to go out or do you want to stay in? Or you can even go through and like have a menu of things like, okay, these are the different things we can have tonight. What sounds good or what Mm -hmm. feels good or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then have that give the response that you need. So the more that you can give options to your generators and to your MGs, Mm -hmm. the easier life is going to go. Yep. And that's exactly what unfolded. I was like, listen, these are the two options. I haven't gotten out to the store in a while. So it's going to be this or this. Oh, I don't want spaghetti. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That would have been good to know. <laughs> and they're like, well, you didn't say what we had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So it's nope. so obvious. Yeah. It's giving, it's, it's knowing, like I said, it's, you have this visceral response in your body that you have to follow. So the more you can show up for your kids and give them options or give them the questions 
that are actually helpful for them and build their confidence in following it, the better their life is going to be because they're going to get out into the world. They're going to be like, oh, well, logically this doesn't make sense. Well, logic has nothing to do with it. Your body is going to tell you what to do. And so it's cultivating and being that person that has the instincts or the gut response or whatever Mm -hmm. that if you look at a show or you know somebody that's like, oh yeah, well, we just follow their instincts because they're always right. They're not explaining why their instincts are saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. They're just like, well, I know it's true, so I'm going to follow it. That's the best thing we can do for our generators and MGs. But for you- just real quick question. So we take this really generalized menu, I, you know, example and say, now we're looking at something deeper in like motherhood. So maybe it's there, you know, I'm not going to go like college, like courses or colleges. That's sort of the same in a sense as the menu. Like there's, they're looking at three options on the list or whatever, but say you have like three friends and these three friends like I'm trying to envision, like you're asking your MG, like how that friend makes them feel or like posing like a overall umbrella question. And then it's like, well, when you're with Susie versus Jane, how do you feel? Is that like the right pathway? Like giving them the very specific names and what's going on or what you're noticing, because then it allows them to have the, the response versus a very vague question. Yeah. So good question. So there's a center within human design that talks about emotion. And so I would say for a generator and MG, it's less about saying, I mean, you could say like, do they make you feel good? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And really getting it down. Cause the, how do you feel is still very open-ended. However, that is a question they can answer because mm-hmm. it's a different part of their body, right? It's it's not a matter of yes or no. There's this center within them and it just really depends on what it looks like okay. and what's going on for them of how they're going to experience emotion. If they have their own emotional wave that they're always going through or if they're taking in emotions from other people. Because what can happen is if they have an emotional wave, they might feel like they, they feel something about somebody when in reality, it's just their wave, or they might feel like they feel something about somebody, but it's because they're taking in other people's emotions. And so they find that they feel differently when they're either separate from them or they, it's like another day and they've moved through a part of their wave. So the feeling part, and as a mom, it can be really helpful to understand if you take in emotions versus having your own, Mm -hmm. because if you take in emotions, you amplify them. You don't feel them the same way that your kid is. So if you, if you feel like, oh gosh, like my, my kid is like at a six on the sad scale. Well, they probably are only feeling it at like a two. And so if you go in you're like, oh, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to prod them about it. And they're like, mom, leave me alone. I'm fine. And you're like, you're just saying that because you're a teenager or whatever. Like you just <laughs> want to talk to your mom, tell me about it. Or, you know, whatever that they don't feel it the way you are. So right. stop telling them how they're feeling for somebody. I have, I have an emotional wave. So I feel emotions all the time for no reason. And I, my mom, God bless her. She has it, uh, she has it undefined. So she takes in emotions and amplifies them. Mm -hmm. A lot of my life has been 
tell me how you're feeling. Oh, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, leave me alone. And I've had plenty of people in my life tell me how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And that that is almost worse than somebody not knowing how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, stop this telling me how I feel. Yeah. It's not how I feel. Stop mm-hmm. treating me this way. Like, stop. Let me tell you how I feel and then trust me when I tell you it. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding and teaching our people how they experience emotions so that they can start to come to terms with it and then have different tools to help them move through them in whichever way they experience emotion. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It makes tons yeah. of sense. And I sound like I may, I might sound like your mom to my kids <laughs> now. And I'm not sure if my kids have emotional waves or not, or how they take it in, but that's oh, define solar equals emotional wave. So, so Caroline projector has an emotional, has an emotional wave. wave and Mackenzie, and Mackenzie does, does not. not, but yeah. um, I'm, a, I was definitely one. And I think it was like shown to me by my mom, like, oh, you must be, you're, you're feeling like this, or I'm noticing that. And definitely I amplify like their emotions feel huge to me to the point where like, then I can be crying over something that they're like, what? (laughs) That would probably be why every teenager is like, mom, you're overreacting. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah. 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 No, that's so good. And you're not meant to attach to these emotions, Mm -hmm. whether you're defined or not. Like you're not meant to attach to other people's emotions. And I just did a post on this. They're not your job. (laughs) The emotions you take in from somebody else, they're not your responsibility. You don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything with them. It's just how you experience the full spectrum of emotion. Allow people to have their emotions Mm -hmm. and not force them to get through them faster or give them coping mechanisms so that they start numbing because they feel like, well, having emotions isn't safe Mm -hmm. because this always happens. And so I'm going to shut them down. I did that Mm -hmm. because I have Mm -hmm. a very intense emotional wave and different things in my chart and it just became too much. And so at some point I decided I'm repressing them and I'm not going to feel them anymore. And I became Mm -hmm. very rational, very logical and not emotional. Well, anywhere that we're shutting something down or we're misaligning, it's going to manifest physically somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So all of the centers are associated with different parts of the body and organs. The solar plexus, which is where emotions live, one of the things associated with this, which I know I've told you, is the pancreas. Mm -hmm. I got pancreatitis. My, My pancreas literally almost exploded because I became so misaligned in this, in this center with wow. my, yeah. that my body kept trying to tell me like, stop, like, this isn't for you. Like, stop mm-hmm. doing this until it finally, like literally almost exploded. So we don't want that to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. helpful. So the more that we can understand ourselves and even the other side of it. So whether you are understanding specifically your daughter or not, just understanding how things can show up so that you are better equipped for the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause I know I've said that to you, like whether it's your daughter 
or your spouse or partner, or, you know, and mm-hmm. anyone you meet, but especially those like really intense relationships that you're yeah. moving through life with to know how they, um, show up and how it, how it is for them versus you so that you don't necessarily, I think in society, we're so quick to assume that person, you know, either they're mad at us or they're, you know, not feeling things. Oh my gosh, we have like dogs barking. I don't know if we can hear that. Um, you know, we're just, we're just not used to, we, we think everybody, like we're all alike. And so if I'm feeling this, you're feeling this or whatever. And then it creates more arguments and more disconnection and everything with each other. So it's such good, good, good like, information. Or I want to be the savior. And so I'm going to take your emotions and I'm going to help you feel better. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to like force mm-hmm. you to feel better because I want to feel better too. And so I'm going to force you through this in like a very loving way, not in a like, no, you can't feel this anymore, but like, right. I'm taking this on. And so like, I'm going to, I'm going to help solve this for you so that you can like be really, you know, grateful for me, mm-hmm. appreciative of me or whatever, when that's not actually helping people. And so it's allowing, especially if, if you're doing that with somebody who has it defined, and has an emotional wave and you're, you're basically telling them that you need to attach to this so that you can work through it. You're keeping them like stuck in that part of the wave. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. feeling that for no reason. They're feeling that because that's how they decided that they were going to feel the full spectrum of emotion was through this, their own wave. So just allow them to feel it and to, and to go through it and give them whatever they need in order to do that. Which mm-hmm. for me, when I was coming to terms with my wave, was I want to talk to zero people. I want to be around nobody. I'm going to cancel mm-hmm. anything I can so that I can just allow this to have its space and move forward. And now I rarely have a low. And mm-hmm. when I do, it always catches me by surprise. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, it's been so long since I've had one of these. It kind of comes out of nowhere, right? But I know how to detach from it. I know how to witness it. And so I know how to appreciate it now versus feeling like, well, I need to numb out now. I don't Mm -hmm. want to feel this. So let me numb in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I know we kind of got off a little bit, but we're talking about like how to show up for a manifesting generator and for a projector. So the other thing about the difference between you and the manifesting generator is that you might look to her and say, you're unfocused. Your, your attention is divided. Like you need to pick Mm -hmm. one thing and focus on that because that's what the generator does. But in reality, the manifesting generator actually tends to do better when they multitask. So allow them, if they're interested in the things, allow them to be interested in the things for however long they're interested in them mm-hmm. and allow their life to be non-linear. Stop telling them that yeah. they have to chart their life. Stop telling them that your life has to go in this way. It has to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's not how their life goes. Mm-hmm. Allow them to live this very like A to Z to C to J to whatever life. Cause that's how they're meant to do it. Mm-hmm. That was mind blowing for me when you told me that, because our manifesting generator is, I used to always be like, gosh, she is all over the place. Like, <laughs> how do I rein that in and get her to focus? Yet she has always, you know, gotten her straight A's or straight, it be, like she's not even now, like she's home on, on homeschooling because of COVID. And then she'll be in science class, you know, hopefully her science teacher is not watching this, but she'll be in science class or any class. And I will randomly hear her playing music. And I'm like, uh, is that appropriate? And she's like, 
well, I just moved my screen a little bit. They can't see the guitar. It's like, it helps me focus. I'm like, oh my God, like I need silence and our projector needs silence, but it's, she's always been like sort of all over, even as a young kid. And I remember always feeling like, oh my gosh, she's like climbing the walls. Like, what do I, how do I pull that together? She needs more structure. And when you told me that, and when I learned that, I was like, oh, okay, that's just how she, how she operates. (laughs) That's her. That's her. And that's what makes her happy. And she's thriving doing that. And so I should not step in and be like, "Hmm, pulling this, you can't do that anymore. Right. You're supposed to I think that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And then for a projector, the best thing we can give to projectors is recognition. So recognizing them for their contribution within the family, for what they, what they, what they're here to do, what comes easy to them, because the things that come easy to us, we don't necessarily see, and we don't necessarily value. But Mm -hmm. the things that come easy, the things that we see so clearly are the things that we're meant to lean into, but we can take them for granted. And other people can say, well, no, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to charge people for that because it comes so easy to you. And it's like, but who, who said that it comes Mm -hmm. easy to me because this is what I'm meant to be doing. It doesn't come easy to everybody else for a reason. Like, thank God we're not all good at the same thing because it'd be so boring. And so we're here to step into the things. This goes for all the types. We're here to step into the things that come easy to us because it does for a reason. Mm-hmm. We're not here to do the things that are super difficult and challenging and hard and that we feel like we're pushing against. And not to say we can't do things that are challenging because it feels fun and it's exciting. Like, yeah, do it. But the things that we feel like we have to, we have to like mold ourselves into or force ourselves to do or oh, it's like such a, like just such a thing to like get up and do Mm -hmm. those things aren't for us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the family business. It doesn't matter, whatever. It's not for you. Don't force yourself into it and don't force your kids into it. Mm -hmm. Allow them to do the things and and value and recognize them for the things that come easy. Mm -hmm. And the other thing with a projector, I mean, there's so many, but one of the other things is giving us one-to-one time. We so value one-on-one time Mm -hmm. because again, we want to be recognized. And so when we get to have one-on-one time with people, like that just feels so good to us. It feels like we're valued. It feels like people really like want to spend time with us. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, invite us to everything. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I like, okay. So maybe you're like, well, I mean, of course she knows that she's invited into the living room to watch a movie with us. Like we live together. She's my daughter. Of course she's invited, but she may not feel that way. Mm -hmm. She may be like, well, maybe they want to spend time together. Maybe they want alone time. Maybe I like should go in my room. Like maybe I should give them space. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you're like, Hey, do you want to watch a movie with us? It's like, Oh, great. Yeah. Or no. I mean, either way. But that's going to feel so much better to a projector mm-hmm. than just assuming they know they're invited because so we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's so good. And it's reminding me of a conversation my projector and I had, and it goes back to when they were maybe like seven and 10 or four and seven. And she has recently said to me, you always laid down and read books with Mackenzie, our manifesting generator. 
you know, I sometimes needed you at night, but you didn't come in and ask me. Mm. And I was heartbroken as a mom because where I saw it, how I saw it unfold was she was super needy as a baby. Like she co-slept with us for nine months. She stayed, (laughs) she may have co-slept for two years. Let's be real. I mean, I'm trying to like think back, but she was with us all the time. And when we tried to transition her to cribs or a big girl bed, it was still like I was always, Mackenzie was born when she was, Caroline was almost three. I was still like laying with her to get her to fall asleep. And then Mackenzie came along. She slept beautifully on her own. Eventually, Caroline said, can you move her into my bedroom? Mm -hmm. So we did. Moved her into our bedroom. Finally, she slept. Like the older one slept through the night. It was amazing. And then we moved to this house and they shared a room. And then there was a point where Caroline was like, I don't want to share a room anymore. So can we move her out? So we did. She said that she started showing more independence, just like I had always felt like the intensity of how much she needed me as an infant to toddler had now hit a point where she was like, oh, I got everything I needed. Mm -hmm. I no longer need you in that capacity. So at the same time, our youngest was starting to have some struggles with friends at school and was super needy and super vocal about what she needed. And so, of course, I went in and laid down with her and I read the book with her. And it didn't mean that I wasn't saying goodnight and doing our, you know, goodnight routine with our oldest, Caroline. But she brought it up to me recently, like, you never came in and laid down with me for that. And I was like, but you never asked me to. Like, I I had no idea you wanted me to. And I I felt so much guilt. Like, oh, my God. Like, I seriously thought you wanted, like, all of us out of your room. Like, space, please. And so it's so eye-opening to me, even as you say this now, because there are times where our youngest and my husband and I are really into this one TV show that's Canadian. And no, um, Murdoch Mysteries. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Well, we love it. It's like 14 seasons and we just found it and they watched it before me and whatever. But we will say things like, well, Caroline doesn't want to watch that. Like we asked her like once and she was like, nah. So we watch it when she's at her boyfriend's house. But um, it's the reminder to say, all right, well, this is like, like she doesn't like girly movies as much as maybe like dramas or something like to say to her, Mackenzie and I are watching this. Would you like to watch it with us? Mm-hmm. Because so often we just make the assumption that like, well, she didn't used to like that or she doesn't ask if she can watch a movie with us. So she must not want to. Yeah. That's a yeah. really good, good insight as a parent and like something that could really open up the line of communication to understanding each other better and to drop the assumptions as a mom you know what I mean lean into what do they need and how do I need to show up for that versus I well I'm assuming this is what they they need because they've sort of like pushed me out of their room (laughs) yeah well also all of that is very projector too in the sense of because we see others so clearly we assume everybody can see us clearly too and so that Mm -hmm. they should know So we walk over to our bitterness ledge with the saying, well, they should know, essentially. (laughs) 
I shouldn't have to say anything. They should know right. that I want her to come in and spend time with me like she is with McKinsey. They should know that I still want to spend time with them, even though like they're watching something I don't care about. Mm-hmm. They should know that I have these needs without us actually saying anything. So that's for us to take the responsibility, the projectors of understanding who we are and how we operate so that we can start to recognize, because even though we may not see ourselves clearly, we can still know ourselves. We can still have self-awareness. So we can still have the, have the knowing that I want this and I need to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Because we're not good at that. Yeah. Do you see projectors oftentimes putting themselves on the back burner because they can see in the other person, she needs that. Like they see for that other person. So for instance, Caroline made a comment, like I knew Mackenzie needed you. Mm -hmm. Like, because this was going on or whatever. And I'm just curious, is that just that she's that in tuned or does that follow along with the projectors that she can see so clearly what is needed? So she felt like a burden to ask for, can you also be here for me? Yeah. Two things. Yes. To the projector thing. Um, We just, we can see other people so clearly. So we can, we have that sense. Mm -hmm. And also Caroline has gate 19, which is sensing the needs of others. So she has this ability, which can be very codependent also of saying like, oh, I knew she needed that. And so I gave it to her. Mm-hmm. And it can also mm-hmm. be that she shows up and gives something to somebody else before they even know they need it. Mm-hmm. And so she takes on the same thing, as, like I said, that it's not your responsibility to fix people's emotions, mm-hmm. to take them on and fix them. The same thing goes for people's needs. Just because you can feel and you know and you can sense what they need, it's not your responsibility to give it to them. Mm-hmm. You can help them if they ask you and they sign up for it or whatever, but it's not your responsibility just because you feel it to take it upon yourself to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You can just help other people in understanding their own needs so that they can meet their own needs. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to be self-sufficient in a, in a certain way and not even self-sufficient, self-knowing mm-hmm. and self-accepting of who we are, what we're about and what we need so that we can be true to who we are and we can know that until we can start asking for it. We can start advocating for it. We can start stepping into that mm-hmm. and stop needing somebody else to do it for us. Right, right. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Yeah. So I know because my daughters are an MG and a projector, we talked about that, but is there like a top tip that you would say like in motherhood with just a straight manifester and then a straight, I guess, generator, and then also a reflector? Yeah. So for manifestors, they don't really need to be parented. Oh, I'm glad I don't have one of those. Yeah. Because, right, they're the energetic leaders of all of us. They have this big energy. They're here to initiate things. If we allow them to have the space to be themselves and we stop trying to control them, they tend to raise themselves. They don't really need Hmm. the parenting. They need guiding. So one of my friends has a manifester son who's, I think, eight or nine. And once she learned about the manifester, she's like, it's amazing. Like he, she's like, he informs me about everything, which Mm -hmm. he does not need to do, but whatever. (laughs) And she's like, it's great. Like he, we let, we let him have his urges. Like we let him be this big version of himself and be unapologetically him 
so that he knows that that's perfect so Mm -hmm. that he knows that he can go into the world and be that person and not feel like he needs to shrink himself for other people. And for her, it just like opened up so much because she's a generator and her husband's an MG. So still didn't really understand the manifester alone Mm -hmm. and what that can look like. So for manifestors, it's not putting them into box. I mean, that's true for all of us, but they tend to be the first ones to go into a box because we feel like we need to control their energy and to give them space and see what happens and trust them and allow them to be who they are and see what happens. And maybe they're already pretty conditioned. You're like, no, they actually really need to be parented. So Mm -hmm. we're going to like take that. So do it. But human design is an experiment. So it's taking what resonates and trying things out and try it out for a couple of weeks and then say like, oh, this worked, this didn't work and then keep moving forward. But -hmm. that would be the best thing for manifestors. For generators, I mean, it's really the like, yes, no stuff. It's really Mm -hmm. cultivating that that sacral, that, that sacral, that visceral response and building that trust muscle within your child and trusting them to know what's a yes and no and allowing that to be the answer mm-hmm. that the answer is yes, because my body said so mm-hmm. the answer is no. And not saying why, no, you need to put reasons to <laughs> it. Like allow whatever their body says to be the final answer. Mm-hmm. It's a yes or no period without having to put the logic behind it because that's how they're meant to go through life. You're not meant to go through life with rationale and logic You're meant to go by following your body Mm -hmm. and what it tells you to do. So one of my coaches, she, she is a generator and literally like her family, her team that she says, oh, my sacral said no. And they're like, okay, I guess it's a no. There's no asking why we need more information for why that is literally what she says to them. And that is the full sentence. I'm seeing this flip in the parenting. So as a generator, sometimes I'm just like, no, uh, we're not, no. And like, I just know it's a no. And my MG very often is like, why? Why'd you say that? Like, why? I don't understand. What do you mean? And I'm like, it's just a no. Like, it just is. Like, I know, I know that I'm not doing that. And I can see on the flip, like the frustration of just like, I don't want to have to explain this. Like, and oftentimes- I can't explain it to mm-hmm. you because it is something I feel. It's something yeah. that I know. So to ask me to explain to you why it's a no is just, it's going to make us all feel like we're in this blurry vision yeah. of gray of like, well, I don't know. And mom doesn't make any sense now. Or totally. So I could see that flipped for, well, all of it flips for both, but I could see that as the mom. Cause I've done that. Yeah. I love this so much. Yeah. So Yes. But in when a generator and MG fully owns their response and it's so embodied in it and is so grounded into it and there's no question, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a no. You usually, those questions tend to fall away. Oh, interesting. People just yeah. accept it and they're like, okay, well, it's a no. Great. Or it's a yes or whatever. So if you're getting a lot of questions for why, I mean, maybe that's a kid just being a kid and asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it could also be an opportunity to look at and say, okay, am I grounded in this? Am I questioning it? Do I feel like I need to have a reason for it? 
where am I in it? And if you feel super grounded in it, great. And if you're like, oh no, there's actually some more room here for me to really get so unapologetic and so okay with answering questions with, well, my gut said yes, my gut said no. And that being the entire thing and there being no up for debate, no up for discussion, no up for anything, then everything else kind of tends to fall away. Until your projector can see right through you and sees, no, I'm kidding. Like well, if you're, if, you, if, if, if you're solid tired, in yes, yourself, you're saying, no. <laughs> but I mean, like, I would feel like they'd be the ones that would be the most, like, if there's a little crack in that foundational, it's a yes. Like I'm so strong in this, but they'd be the ones that would be able to see right in, in a sense and say, only because I think I've seen that happen between my yeah. daughter and I. So maybe like, I feel really like I'm probably like a 99% yes, but they can ask, like she can ask the right question to sort yeah. of get in there. And which is a wonderful thing. Cause then as a tool, it helps me evaluate, like, am I really like what's holding me up that one little 1%? Yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah. No, no, I love that. We're, we're great. Yeah. And then reflectors. So the best thing we can do for reflectors is seeing them for who, excuse me, for who they are and also helping them understand that they're so influenced by their environment. So really checking in with them to say, how do these people make you feel? How does this environment make you feel? And if they don't feel good, giving them permission to leave. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't feel good in this restaurant? Okay, let's go. Oh, you don't feel good in this school? Okay, let's go or whatever the thing is, because for them, if they're in the wrong place, it's never going to be the right time and they'll not get the right opportunities. So for them, it's all about their environment, whether people or physical space. And if it's not feeling good, giving them the space and permission to find a new place that does. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say wow. that'd be like one of the biggest things for the reflector and mm -hmm. just allowing, allowing you to see them for who they are and not for your reflection in them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's all so, so good. And I could, I'm sure I like the listeners, like heads are exploding. <laughs> and I, like, I always, at the end of every podcast episode, when I have a guest on, I feel like, Oh, I wish I knew that when they were little and because it would have shifted how I mothered or even like, you know, just how we parented together. You know, I've been dodged my husband to some of the human design. It's helped me understand his responses and when he's showing up in his not self theme, uh -huh. in addition to mine, in addition to the kids, like I see it as such a huge tool to be able to use in marriage, family, motherhood across the board, but everything. Yeah. These are our core people that you grow up and you know, you're growing up with your parents, your parents, you spend the most like that bulk of time with them. And even in relationships, like I know my oldest said she had her boyfriend run his human design I don't remember what he was, but she had him run it just to see what theirs were. Um, I don't, there, he's not a projector. I do remember that. Like he's not the same as her. <laughs> um, but no, this is, this has been so good. And I think just getting that, the, the listeners will have such a good idea of just what human design is and the various designs. And then I love those top tips for motherhood and well, all relations, like the way to show up 
in that and understand each other. Yeah. Huge. And yeah, I mean, I know I've shared with you when I have um, my program up and running, like, I just think, oh my gosh, like everybody needs a session to understand, just get a better idea. Cause we could go for hours and hours and hours because we've, it's not even like we're into all of our divine centers or undefined centers or anything. I mean, it could just go for hours, but to grab a session with you within my program, but then, um, you know, I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you now and I will link everything in the show notes but if you just want to share where they can find you and um you know I hope any listeners that are really curious or even just a little bit curious will look you up and start to learn more about human design so yeah totally and apologies the phone like the landline phone started ringing which I don't know who even has the phone number here so apologies for that um this was so fun and I so appreciate it and yes like I could go on for hours and hours about different things (laughs) and what how to best show up for this and that and and all and yes like there's so much information that when you understand yourself and you start to understand the people in your in your house in your life you show up with so much more compassion and understanding and you show up for that person and mm-hmm. they like that, that alone shifts so much because I can't tell you how many sessions I've had with people. They're like, Oh my gosh, thank you for seeing me mm-hmm. so purely. I'm like, you're welcome. Well, it is like the number, what do we all want in life from childhood to, you know, our deathbed is to be seen, to be heard in like who we are. And I recall, you may have said it already today, but you've said it to me just in conversation. Like when you knew you were a projector and you understood that it gave you permission to be who you are unapologetically and just own that and not allow, you know, the questioning or society to try to put a damper on you, but to be who you are. And I love that about it. So yeah, totally. I'm, I'm tired of being burnt out (laughs) Yeah, and I'm, I have such strict boundaries around how much I work now because I'm, I will not allow that to happen again. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, again, I love it because it's so tangible And because it's so resonant that you're like, well, yeah, this is me like, oh gosh. And then you start trying it out and you're like, yeah, this is working. Like, this is cool. Great. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, it's, it's why it's one of my favorite things because it just explains so much and it's so tangible. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. where to find me? Uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow me at, at Emma J zero four. And my website is www.connected-consciousness.com. And you can find all the different, different offerings and different things on there. And you can sign up um, to my newsletter. Although I don't really send many emails out, but if you sign up, uh, you can get a one pager of each of the types. So different tips. For That's each right. Type. I did. I, yeah. when I signed up, I got that. And you know, let's take a moment and share with our listeners what you just released, because I know I missed like the weekend you released them. I missed oh. grabbing them, but your workbooks, because what came to mind early in our conversation was you said like, when I shared with you how you phrased things in such a way that I understood myself better. And you mentioned like taking action and like the be- people being able to go away from it and ha- having some solid 
action steps versus just this vague like overhead of what it is. I feel like your workbooks are probably that on paper, like taking the action steps or getting to understand yourself better through them. So if you could share that you have those or what they're all about or how, how it works and where they can find those. Yeah. Thank you. Mm I am so excited about these because they're, it just, it's, it's, it's something I've been working on for a while and they just kept growing. So Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I love it. So yeah, I have workbooks for each of the types. So each type that goes through and there's a, basically it's a bullet points because I really wanted to make it easy to reference. It's not like a bunch of paragraphs that you have to Mm -hmm. read. It's just easy to kind of go through and, and pick out some different, different bullet points or whatever to go through your type and understand it. So there's that. And then there's a different exercises. There's different journal prompts. There's, um, I've, I went a while ago, I went through and put a, an animal to each of the Mm -hmm. types and why that makes sense. And so there's that in there, there's crystals for each type and each not self theme. Um, there's also at the end, I mean, there's so many things, but also at the end, I put a page of different famous people that are that type Mm. so that you have that, that kind of reference. And it's only a like smattering of people. It's obviously not all of them, but I tried to make it pretty widespread. So not just singers or actors, but also painters or, Mm. um, politicians or whatever, just to show the breadth of the different types and how different people can show up and so that you can follow them and really see like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Or even follow them and see like how maybe they were living out of design mm-hmm. and why that led to X, Y, Z. So I, all of the, all of the books, I think the, the smallest book is like 35 pages and manifesting generator is the largest book because it's two <laughs> types. So there's double of everything. Right. Um, but within that, I think that one's like 46. And so it breaks down the strategy. It breaks down the not self theme The I just, I tried to break it down in a way that made it so simple mm-hmm. to understand and then to reference and to come back to, because the number one, I think I see is that I have sessions with people and be also, and I understand because it's a lot of information, but I'll talk to them later and they're like, oh, I forgot about like a generator. Like, oh, I forgot about my sacral response. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Like, <laughs> that was the most important thing. Like, what do you mean you forgot about it? Like, that's mm-hmm. how you make and do all the things. Like, oh my gosh, like, let's talk about that again. And so it's just this thing that you get to go back to or you can come back to anytime that you have a question. You're like, wait, like, am I, am I not selfie? And like, what, what was that again? And you can go back and, and look at it. So I tried mm-hmm. to make it as easy, as simple, as like robust mm-hmm. <laughs> as possible, which I think I did. A few people are like, yeah, it's, it's way longer than I was expecting. Like, yeah, I love I, that. Uh, I love that. Uh, that was also one of my gates. Uh, gate 58 is the pressure to perfect. And so just <laughs> always wanting to improve it and make it better and right. add to it. And I was like, okay, but I have to cut myself off at some point because it's mm-hmm. going to be too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'm super excited about that. that. You can find them on my website. Uh, under the shop tab, they're all okay. there. 
And, All right. And I'll yeah. make sure I link to that and reference them in the show notes so people can just click on it and go okay. see it there. Yeah, I can't wait to see them and to grab them myself. But all right. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And I'm sure somewhere down the line, I will come asking you again, like, pop on and tell us more about human design in motherhood. But totally. for now, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And I know our listeners are going to walk away with so much insight into themselves and, and so much curiosity into how to learn um, about their design and understand themselves and their family better. So thank you so much again for popping on. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great day and I'll talk to you later. Hey friends, thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Intuitive Mother Podcast. I am so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that has listened in, whether it's your 50th episode or first episode, you taking the time to share this sacred space with me means the world to me and warms my heart. I would love to hear from each and every one of you about what interviews you loved and what you want to hear more of. Drop me a line at Angie at AngieShafer.com. On my website, you can also learn more about the programs that I'm offering and the coaching and healings that are also available for each one of you as you journey home to your sacred self. I am thankful for you spending your time with me and I cannot wait to share another episode with you next week. Have a great day.